Welcome to Profit First Nation, the official podcast for entrepreneurs who are operating their businesses in the zone of permanent profitability. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, and now here's your Profit First Nation guide, Daniel Mulvey. Welcome, Profit First Nation, to a special bonus episode. These bonus episodes feature our Profit First professionals, and we dive deep into specific niches like construction, the retail industry, real estate, etc. So I hope you enjoy this episode, and here we go. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Profit First Nation. Today we have John Briggs, the author of Profit First for Microgyms, which is available on Amazon. John is a mastery level certified Profit First professional, CPA, and CEO of Insight Tax and Accounting, a multi-million dollar tax and accounting firm, which is also the largest firm serving microgym owners in the country. And he's not just a tax guy and an accounting guy, he's a microgym owner himself and is the owner of a CrossFit gym in the Salt Lake City area. Thank you for joining us today, John. Yeah, my pleasure to be here, Danielle. There are so many awesome things about your book. I'm not a microgym owner myself, but a, um, a patron of, of microgyms and obviously a huge fan of Profit First. And it was fascinating to see your perspective of applying Profit First to microgyms. And you have brought a lot of your expertise and um, some specific recommendations that vary from the original Profit First book. And um, I'd like to dive into a few of those differentiators today on this episode. Yeah, sounds great. Let's do it. So I think the first one is the additional accounts that you recommend from the core five accounts. Yeah. So um, for micro gyms, we call them the essential seven accounts. And um, we, so I'll just list them first. We have the income account. Um, Cause if people maybe remember in the original, original profit first, Mike didn't actually include the income account as one of the mandatory accounts. And then he later in the revised edition said, no, nah, this definitely needs to be included. Um, and I totally agree. Um, I have an experience on that if we want to get into that. Um, so I have the income account, a team member account. Owner's pay is the same. Profit is the same. Tax is the same. We also add an equipment account. And then, of course, OPEX, um, operating expenses, is also the same. So, yeah, I'd like your take on 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 the income account. So, yes, wow, you must have read the first version of the book. Um <laughs> I did not. I did not realize the income account was not in that early, early edition. Yeah. So in the first, the first one, um, he he put it in the advanced strategies section, and of course, at that point, I'm like, I'm just going to do with the basics. I, I'm already. I don't know if anyone, when they set up accounts, has the same apprehension uh, that I did. It's like, I, I guess I'll try this out. I mean, it seems like a lot of extra accounts, and so. Um, without the income account, your deposits go into your operating expense account. 
Unfortunately, what happens is you are still at risk for Parkinson's law to take over in your life. So again, to remind um, listeners, par- Parkinson's law is that your the resource will expand to match the supply or in case of our bank accounts, our expenses will increase to match the cash available to spend. And the first year that I ran Profit First, I just... I felt like a fraud actually because I'm teaching other people how to do it. And here I am every allocation day, like where the freak is the money? Like, where is this going? This should be working. Why isn't it working? I never seem to have enough to uh, cover the expenses out of the operating expense account. Well, um, in a mastery meetup meeting, Mike kind of explained his, um, his thought process on that and said in a revised version, he's going to include it. And it's like, oh, well, I guess if he's gonna if he's gonna make it a essential account, then I should just go ahead and do that. And I don't honestly, other than Parkinson's law, I don't know exactly why it works out, but it does, and it has for me. Having a separate income account where the money sits there until I basically give it purpose on allocation days, it just works. And now I haven't had a single month or a single rhythm day where I haven't had enough to pay for my operating expense accounts after, after I actually created this income account. So like it works. I don't necessarily understand all the science behind it, but my, my own experience says it works and I'm sticking with it. Well, thank you for sharing that experience and also just reiterating that profit first ish doesn't work. Um, (laughs) And so if you don't have these accounts and, and it really does start with that income account and that real revenue accumulating in there until your rhythm or your allocation day happens. But let's dive into the two additional accounts that you recommend for micro gym owners, team member expense and equipment. Okay. So let's start with the team member one. Um, this came down to actually the difference that we have now in our calculation for real revenue compared to the original one. And it's interesting as I think, I think back on my experience with um, helping micro gyms specifically and every single time when we're helping them implement profit first, we had to give them some custom solution to how they calculate real revenue because in the gym world, you could pay your coaches in like eight to 10 or more different ways. You, you could pay them a flat fee for group classes, but a percentage for nutrition, or maybe they're on salary or maybe they get a percentage of a class that they run or they get some sort of percentage of supplements that they help upsell people on. Like it just, it got way too complicated. And as I was writing the book, trying to figure out how do I simplify this explanation? That was when it hit me. It's like, holy crap, let's just take it out of the real revenue calculation and give it its own bucket by doing so. Now I don't have to address all the different ways that each individual gym owner pays their coaches. I know um, what that percentage needs to be regardless of the actual compensation structure. And so that's why we pulled it out was to actually simplify it. But we had an additional benefit by pulling it out. In the gym world, and I think this is probably the case for most service-based businesses as well, the owner of the business can often find themselves doing work to make things stay afloat, to keep the doors open, but they don't actually end up compensating themselves for that work. 
So in the gym world, it's very common for a coach to step in um, and teach classes and they don't pay themselves for teaching that class because they think, well, I'm the owner. Well, by having the team member bucket separate, we actually say, even though you're an owner and you have an owner's pay percentage, the work you do as a coach comes out of the team member expense account because you need to know when you can afford to replace yourself as a coach. You need to know that your gym can actually afford to pay all the classes that it has because if it can't, then there's other like operational issues that Profit First will reveal to them that they need to fix. And so that was um, superb. I mean, there's just this was a great added benefit um, by identifying that and separating it out. The uh, the other account is the equipment account. Gym owners, I mean, <laughs> you have members and they are not gentle on your equipment. I mean, I'm just thinking about our workout we had yesterday, which was a bunch of power cleans. I mean, you get to the point, like you're lifting that power clean, you're dropping the bar and you know, a bar and the weight plates and they're called, um, hubs on the weight plates. Those things just like get loose. Your rowers need maintained. Like we just know that this is an expense that will always come up for gym owners. So instead of hoping there's money left over in the operating expense when it's needed, we say, let's set aside a very small, reasonable percentage of your revenue and let's create a bucket so that when the equipment need happens, because it doesn't happen every day or every month, it might be twice a month, but it's generally a larger purchase. And so um, that's why we created the equipment account just to make sure that they are going to be covered there because of course that serves their members as well. You don't want your members using equipment that doesn't work. It doesn't provide the best experience. And I think it also helps owners avoid shiny object syndrome too, right? Because. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause well, I, I did, I don't know if it's the way with other cases, but for gym owners, there's this a little bit of an ego attached to the shiny objects cause they want to use the new shiny objects. But in reality, it's not actually adding anything to their members experience by having the equipment account, they can actually see, well, what do I even have available to spend on these new shiny objects? And most of the time it's like, eh, I don't really have enough for this new shiny object. I have enough to cover some maintenance or breakdowns. So I better hold off because I don't have enough cash right now for it. And then what uh, I think is great about your book is you've really helped micro gym owners dial in the appropriate target allocation percentages for your industry. Can you talk about how you came about to that? And Yeah, for sure. So um, Mike did an extensive study for his book, but he looked at um, multiple industries and lots of different business sizes. Um, And that's one of the reasons why his real revenue concept is so genius is because it allows a business in a different industry to compare themselves with their real revenue to other people. Well, as we implement profit first with gym owners, we were always tweaking the percentages because they just didn't work. Like uh, the margins are a little bit thinner with the gym. And uh, again, we have some of these nuances with equipment and team member expense. And so um, what I did for the book is I did my own extensive study 
and looked at financially fit gyms and came up with percentages that those gyms are able to hit. So now the gym owner doesn't have to read the original book and guess at, well, how is this going to relate to me as a gym owner? They can read Profit First for Micro Gyms and see specifically here are what like class A gyms are doing in, this is your industry. So these are your people and this is what they can do. So now it's just, it's more believable for them. Uh, they know that they could get there because other gyms are able to get there. And so, yeah, we, we redid, we redid all the taps. Um, of course we had to do that anyways, because I changed the real revenue calculation and added two new accounts. Um, but it, it's worked out really well. Plus we have gym owners look at each individual location for their allocation percentages and not all of their locations. And so because of that, there aren't very many single gym locations that make more than a million dollars where Mike's table goes up to like 10 million. Um, our, we just have three columns and uh, their gyms like 350 or below between 350 and 650 and then 650 and above. Uh, and so it's just, it's worked out to be clearer for gym owners. And that makes sense too, because each, each, each location may be at a different phase of, of their business, um, in terms of what they, where they should be in terms of their allocation percentages. Yeah, totally. And, and honestly, you could have a location if you're not paying attention that actually isn't profitable and it, because you're not paying attention, your profitable location is actually helping that location stay afloat. When in reality, yeah. you may need, once you're aware of it, you may need, may need to make decisions to uh, say like, maybe this location isn't going to work out. So that, that's another reason why we really like the separate location idea. Excellent. I'd like you to talk a little bit Profit First Nation inspiration and um, one of your clients' success stories with implementing Profit First. Can you tell us a little bit about Jason Fernandez, the owner of CrossFit Rife and his Profit First journey? Yeah. So Jason, you know, when he first started his gym and when he first came across Profit First, he kind of admits to treating it more like a hobby. And it wasn't that he wasn't like full-time or fully engaged. I think it was because it's hard to justify telling yourself, this is my full-time gig and I only paid myself $12,000. So by saying, yeah, it's kind of a hobby, I've kind of given myself permission to not make a lot of money off of it. Um, and so Jason kind of was in that boat. And then he came across Profit First. Um, and, you know, like most of us, like the light bulb goes off and you're like, holy cow, this is really going to apply I can totally see how this is going to apply to me. So he implemented Profit First. Um, and he he talks about, for him, revenue wasn't necessarily the issue. It was the mismanagement of that revenue that was the problem. And with Profit First, that gave him the direction that he needed to isolate these different categories, making sure he's paying himself enough, giving himself a profit distribution, saving enough for taxes, and then letting his creativity take over and um, getting his gym to operate in a place with the money that's left over. So over, oh, sorry, within the first year, he quintupled his $12,000 take-home pay, which wow. is phenomenal, like within one year. And so he, I think he said something like, uh, you know, it, before I was always worried about 
like where's the money going to come from and now he's with profit first he's he's actually able to worry about other things like how am i going to spend the money in a way that continues to allow the gym to grow because he's not worried about not having money there he's worried about making responsible decisions with the money and profit first does that for us but again i like with gym owners owner's pay is a huge deal. Like it's the most important allocation for a gym owner because too many of them fall on the sword and say, it's okay that I sacrifice because I'm saving lives. And they are, but the problem is they're just not going to be around if they're not giving themselves a reasonable compensation. And, um, I've actually been able to talk to Jason, um, during this whole emergency scenario and, you know, having had run profit first prior to this going down, while he's stressed out, he's definitely not stressed out the same way other gyms are that weren't prepared. You know, he's, he has the cash reserves and he knows the health is there of his gym. So he's good to kind of wait this out and do his best in the meantime. But yeah, he's a, he's a great success story with profit first. And you yourself are a gym owner. So why don't you share with the audience, maybe one of the biggest lessons you've learned in being a gym owner and applying profit first in your own business? Well, um, my gym, it's an interesting scenario. So in reality, what I had bought was debt because the gym was failing. And so instead of taking a gym and starting it, starting it at ground zero, other owners had taken it to a point with lots of mistakes. And so I was coming in at the bottom of the hole instead of being able to dig the hole myself to know the mistakes that were made to get there. Um, and anyway, so, I, well, the first thing that we did obviously was look at expenses. We needed to cut that back. But what I've learned is there is an element, you do have to have enough revenue first like I have profit first the crap out of my gym, but if I don't have enough income to cover the two biggest expenses, and I've already tried to limit those two expenses the best of our ability so that they're still productive expenses, um, I need a bigger shovel. I need more revenue. So profit first has identified for us, we actually do have a need to market. Um, and we, we, yeah, we're managing the money as best we can, but that's the biggest lesson I've learned is that Profit First not only helps us like dictate or improve our cash outflow, it will identify for us if we have a cash inflow problem as well. And I like, and I'm, and I'm sure that you've applied these to your businesses and or to your gym, and that's kind of how you've, you've come to this, but I like your key predictive indicators and you provide a lot of specific ones to the micro gym industry. But if you're speaking to our profit first nation, micro gym owners right now, what are your recommendations for sort of the top three key predictive indicators that they should be looking at in their businesses? Okay. Well, the first one, uh, well, I mean, I don't, this counts, but I team member expense and rent, mm -hmm. those are your two largest expenses as a gym owner and the financially fit gyms are able to pay themselves, pay their coaches or the team members 25% of revenue. Uh, and keep in mind, these are successful gyms that are serving their members. Um, many gyms that we come across are 50% or above. 
Wow. Uh, so, I mean, as a as an important metric, they really need to be between 25 and 44%. 44% being the highest, but we do know that there are some gyms that are successful um, and that's their percentage. But I've never seen a gym higher than that. On rent expense, because that's such a large expense as well, and I don't, I mean, sometimes people get into this idea like a micro gym needs to have really great retail space, which I don't know if that's entirely true. Um, cause retail space where like the gold's gyms and the 24 hour fitnesses of the world, it's really expensive space, obviously because they have some, you know, quote unquote, higher foot traffic. That's not, it's just not the model for micro gyms. So, but if you fell for that and you're now stuck in a really expensive lease, like you got to make sure that you're utilizing every square footage of your space. So we do like revenue as a, um, compared to square footage, like what's your revenue per square footage and the goal to get your overall rent expense to be 15, 15% or less. Um, those are really important ones. We also like average revenue per member. Um, we think this is a good reflection on how you, your team is able to communicate the value of your services to your clients and that your clients actually find value in your services. So you want to get that number. You want to see that number continuing to increase like the average. So if this month it was $100, if next month it's $105, then I know that I'm trending in the right direction and our members are finding value in what we're doing. Um, so those are the, the ones that came to mind. Great. And, and you've, have a list of, of many more in the book. I highly, highly, highly recommend if you haven't already purchased it, please go to Amazon and get John's book, Profit First for Micro Gyms. It has so much specific, literally instructions on how to implement Profit First in your micro gym business, but a lot of also industry benchmarks and details, plus uh, he gives you access to a plethora of online resources and tools and spreadsheets and such. So thank you so much for joining us on this special bonus episode. If you would like to connect with John, you can find his firm, Insight Tax, at www.insighttax.com. And make sure you pick up his book and please leave him a five-star review on Amazon because it is well-deserved. Thanks so much, John. Thanks, Danielle. Profit First Nation's website, social media accounts, and related podcasts are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. 